Hi, it's Larry Herb, Xbox's Major Nelson. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the podcast. We've been off a couple weeks, but we have the gang back. Jeffrey over there on the left, Rebecca to the right, me in the middle. Hi, gang. Hello. <laughs> Hi. It's, it's good to be time. back. Hello. It's been, you know, it's funny, the end of the summer is, is, is kind of this funny time, at least here in the United States, you know, we're kind of schools going back in session for those of you, those of you with kids and Everyone's trying to get the last drops of summer out, like Rebecca in New York and Jeff and I up here in Seattle, where, you know, it's Jeff, I don't know about you, but did you notice how the sun just left? <laughs> oh, it's done. It was very quick. Rebecca, is it me or your latency just like super low? Like, I feel like you're just like, you're closer you're, than normal. You're, you're, it just Well, maybe. How did you know? Um, yeah, I'm actually coming to you live from the Microsoft campus in a very empty meeting room in a very empty building in a very empty campus right now. <laughs> now you, so which means so you, for those of you that keep up with this, Rebecca's been out in New York. You, you, are you back here permanently? Or are you going to go back or what's going on? Oh, no, I just really missed my parents and Pumbaa. And I was tired of the sunshine and having fun in New York. So I wanted to come back and be cold. So here I am. <laughs> Well, I did not bring a thick enough jacket uh, for sure. Who needs all that great pizza and the subway and all of the rest of that stuff there? No, yeah, that's uh, who needs that anyway. Well, well, I'm we're, we're glad to, but you're only here for a little while. Is that your first time back in the office since COVID hit? Yeah, this is my first time in the office all year. And then wow. as soon as I got here, 10 minutes later, there was a fire alarm. So that's how it works, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's exactly how, you know, Great it's funny because we, we, we were doing, an, you, you were scheduled, you get an interview. We, each one of us has an interview this week, but we were having one for you. And now you were like texting me like, uh, there's a fire alarm. I'm like, really? What's, <laughs> what's going on there? I don't understand that. But anyway. It's, it's, it's fine when I was there. It, so If it had know, just been the flashes, me. I could have ignored that. But there was also the, you know, whoop, emergency, whoop, evacu whoop. evacuate, Please yeah. evacuate, yeah. That's, well, you need, you need to do that. So I, I thank you for respecting the fire alarm process. So thanks for that. But uh, it's, been a, it's, been a, it's been a couple weeks, as I said, at the top of the show. I don't know what you all have been playing, but I figure we'll go through that. We've got some great interviews. We've got some news. Rebecca, let's start with you since you've, uh, you've been traveling. I don't know if you had a chance to play. What do you think? <laughs> Yeah, I started playing Psychonauts um, like a week and a half ago, and uh, it's it's really good. I'm really enjoying it so far. I will say though, it actually did give me nightmares. <laughs> it did what? Well, without spoilers, yeah. can you? Can Je Jeff finished it, and I finished yeah. it. Yeah. What, what? So I ha so I haven't finished it yet. Okay. Um, like I I started it, and it's in the you know like the mouth. I, I'm not giving any spoilers there. Like when you start the game, you're in this like mouth dentist nightmare scenario and then surprise i actually had a nightmare about that um, did you have did i tend you have to have kind of were, vivid dreams anyway was it a nightmare you were in someone's mouth someone was in your mouth you were at the dentist like i don't I'm, think i want to know the answer to this larry <laughs> well, i'm just trying to think yeah it was. it was it was basically just me in the game it i mean it's it's kind of a lot of different scenarios, right? Like you're in like an office space and then all of a sudden then you're in a mouth and you're jumping on molars and things like that. So it was a little bit of all of those things. Um, and I woke up and I just felt kind of gross, but right. I still kept playing the game anyway. Now I just know I need to not play right before I go to bed. So oh, this has okay. happened before. I told you I had a nightmare after we played uh, Aliens Fireteam too. That's right. So. Right. right. Yeah. That happened to me. That used to happen to me when I was, when I was younger where it would happen. It was Halo. Halo gave me, um, elite and grunt nightmares for some reason i don't know why that was a long time ago that was a long time ago were they were they exploding and going yay yeah exactly yeah that was it was, it was uh it was it was joe staten because joe staten does a lot of voices used to do a lot of voices for the uh for the grunts he used to do grunty voices but yeah it was yay and all the rest of that i'll get you human or whatever so 
Yeah. Well, for you, well, I will just say Psychonauts only gets trippier from there. So uh, expect more Psychonauts dreams. There is. All right. I'm. There, there's I one think I level. need to carve out playing time during the day then. <laughs> yeah, there, there's one There's one whole section, and Jeff, I don't know if this will be a spoiler or, or anybody else will be a spoiler. For those of you who have played it, it's the psychedelic section. And yeah. that one That's is. That's not a spoiler. It's, yeah, it's, it is. It, it, first of all, I love the music in that section. It was so mm-hmm. chill and relaxed. It was like a festival. But the whole thing, I mean, it, it is just a. Like like I tweeted out over the weekend when I finished it, it is it is like a, a little trap, like the little trap doors in the game. It's a little trap door into Tim Schafer's mind. It's fascinating. It's exceptional. So, and you just have to tell me when you do the game show level, both of you. I want to hear okay. your. I did. I, I remember you told me. I, I remember you told me about it, Jeff. It was a lot. Of, I was like, this is. It was fun. I really enjoyed it's it. It's so good. It's so good. It's so funny. It's is really a very funny game. Yeah, it's so you'll you'll this this is one you need to finish, Rebecca. It's just again, don't play it at night. Got it. Okay, but you uh, said you finished it over the weekend. Like, yeah, is that I what you've been playing? Week- I did. I I just you know, it was one of those games. It, it's one of those games that I just kept you know you keep keep going back to, and I couldn't stop playing. I just loved it. It was it just it kept getting weirder and weirder, <laughs> and the voiceovers are so good. Like that, I, I don't even know. Again, this is not a spoiler, Jeff, but you'll understand what I'm saying. Like that angry moth in the level. Do you remember the moth that was flying around? It was. I don't know why. I loved her. I loved her voiceover. Oh, that one. Yeah. No, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Like, why there's are you, so why many are you like, bothering me? Parts. Leave me alone. And you know, why do you have to there, ruin there's, everything? There's a library level pretty far into the game, and there's a lot of just like optional sort of. I'll just say people to talk to. You should do that because they all have really interesting, okay. very funny things to say. Yeah, I did. In fact, I told I my sister, tips. my sister's a librarian, and I told her about that level because at some points, one of the little mechanics is you go into books and it's a platformer inside the books. I, I just thought that was mm. all, all this game is great. I mean, so I don't want, I don't want to yeah. call it because I am not qualified to say this and, and the internet will remind me of this. Uh, this may be a game of the year. It's certainly in the in the running. I, I think people it, it, no, it's been a lot of conversation like that. You're not the first to say it. It's exceptional. Obviously, we have a lot of year left, and yep. and, and so, uh, uh, but uh, certainly, me, I would say my favorite game that I've played so far this year. And and again, people, it's on Game Pass, and actually, it's on Game Pass. So if you're on Xbox, you have Game Pass. You're all set. It's also it's pretty much on every platform say, when they did the Kickstarter. So it's also on PlayStation. I know that Phil tweeted out about PlayStation. Um, so it's 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 a lot of places. Enjoy it. Have fun. Yep. So what else? What else you Rebecca, you playing anything else? No, I had a bunch of friends in town the last couple of weeks, so it's haven't had a lot of. That's why I've been playing at night is because that's my only like time I've had right. to play. So. Right. Yeah. yeah I'm, I I, I, I'm trying to figure, I'm just look, pulling up the Xbox app right now. So I want to see what I've been playing. Cause I played, uh, I've been playing quite a few things. I started doing artful escape and Jeff will have an interview about mm-hmm. artful escape later on in the show. Jeff talk about trippy. <laughs> yeah, I would, there's really nothing like this. And especially coming off of psychonauts and playing this, it's like, there's never been a better time for really like, visual sumptuous visual psychedelic sort of colors like you've never seen them and to play them both like essentially back to back is uh pretty trippy and great music as well so really they're the games themselves are nothing alike but in terms of that sort of aesthetic um people making the most of the medium to just you know i think that games have been criticized at different points mainly like 
10 years ago for like being too brown or too gray. Um, <laughs> nope, not anymore. So uh, they, uh, they, they found, they found the, the color side. wheel in, in, in Photoshop, right? <laughs> <laughs> and they, they turned the saturation like all the way up. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. What, you know, I know Jeff, you said uh, you were playing artful escape. What else are you playing? Yeah. Um, there was another game that came to uh, game pass that was looking for something in between actually, because Artful Escape, I was waiting for it to go live. And and the day before, a game called Breath Edge went live, which oh, is like I a sort of an one. interesting uh, space game. It's like, maybe it's not as funny as they think it is. They're trying very hard to be funny. And there are a couple chuckles there for sure. But um, you're sort of like marooned in space. And like, you know, you have very little air and trying to like go around and find this to repair this, to do this. Mm. And so I found, you know, I spent a few hours with that and I had a, a pretty good time. Um, I also then played Splitgate, which is you've probably probably I've heard, heard really good things. Imagine. Yeah, Portal plus Halo yep. equals Splitgate. It's a free to play right. game. It's cross console. So I actually was playing with uh, Sid and some friends over at PlayStation. We were able to get in there together. Um, had a, a it is very trippy because you realize exactly how maybe um, if you know if you're playing shooters like that are most commonly out there, like you know the rules. When you start thinking, oh wait, some, there could be a portal there, and someone could shoot a rocket into in, through this portal, and that could just come out and kill me. Well, that's not something I was thinking about. But it was really interesting. You are now. We were playing a game that was <laughs> that was like oddball, and you yeah. remember oddball from yeah. you know from Halo, where you have to hold on to this skull, mm -hmm. I think, and and they had a, a similar mode to that. And at some point, it clicked for me. I got the ball, and I put a portal someplace. And if anyone came near me, I just dropped a portal and jumped through it. And I kept yeah. popping out of the same place, but they didn't seem to figure it out. And I just ran the table yeah. on the match, and it was uh, it was pretty funny. So um, it, it's a really interesting title. It's free to play Split and um, Splitgate. Yeah, give that a shot. And then Ooh, what, okay. oh, I've just been playing an awful lot of Octopath Traveler, which. I will be playing that for the rest of the year. And then, oh, and I beat uh, Ghost of Tsushima. So I've been playing a ton. So that was, yeah, uh, that was a long-term game that I've is played that, all summer. Is, is, Look, I haven't left this room for is, years. Is, is Octopath Traveler, is that you're like, I'm, I'm going to sit down and play a game. What am I going to play? Well, I'm comfortable with this one. Let me just jump in and play an hour for this. Is that Because we've all got those games in our gaming cycles, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. it's one of those things where it's like, um, I can make progress on that game in an hour, you know, right. I can make a tremendous amount of progress in that game in an hour. So it's a, a series of sort of, I don't want to say bite-sized stories, but like I can play through a chapter maybe in like an hour or so. Right. Thing is, there's a ton of chapters. So right. I, I will be, I think I'm 30 hours in, I think I'll, that's like an 80 to a hundred hour game, right. but I don't want to stop playing because I know that uh, I, I'm going to, I'm enjoying it. It'll be worth it, but there's a lot of great stuff coming down the line. I know we'll yeah. be really excited to play. Uh, I, we've got, uh, from the makers of Yakuza, we've got uh, Last Judgment coming out next week. So I, like, I need that'll to, be. A drop I'm going to need you to do the big voice from the makers of Yakuza. You know, I need you to do that. Do the big announcement in the world. Right. Right. Yes. Exactly. Tokyo, 2019. We are. Uh, <laughs> one game I forgot to mention that I, I just started last night, and Jeff, you know what I'm going to say? I don't. Death Loop. Death Loop. Oh yes, please tell me so, about it. That, well, hearing a lot of great stuff about that. Yeah, I mean, it's I'm just just started it, so I'll have a 
full report next week. So you'll be, you may see me playing if you're on if you follow me on Xbox Live, you may see me uh, playing that because I'm playing it on Steam, and Steam will tell you what game you're playing over at Xbox Live if you hook it up pr- properly. So I'm gonna, all the I'm gonna play some Death Loop, so you'll see me playing that. I'll let you know how that goes because that's from our our uh, other one of our other studios, Bethesda. Yeah, Arcane Leon Ar- was the studio. Have you ever been to um, Lyon? I've never been to Lyon in France. I've never been outside of Paris in France. What about about you, Rebecca? Just Paris. Yeah. Although I know, I think one of our, one of our colleagues went there and he had a fantastic time, right? Oh, everything, everything about, everything about French France is so beautiful. I was looking at, I was reading an interesting story about, I don't know why I bring this up, but I will. It was about the, the school lunches around the world that children have. And oh, I saw the, I saw that roundup too. Yeah, and remember, like France, they have a chef, they have China, they have silverware. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but when I went to school, if I, uh, you know, that 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 cardboard pizza was the was the special the day. Yeah, did they have Mexican pizza? That's what it was called in our school. It was like a he- there was nothing Mexican about it, but it was what it was called. It was like a hexagon. It was the this. I mean, Florida. Cafeteria. I'll have, to, I'll have to look this up. No, we we just had that terrible frozen pizza that was in like not even slices. It was like rectangles, and it was you know it was yeah. just that kind of right. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, yeah we had those had too. The square had rectangle pizza different. too. Yeah, um, yeah, we had those, and then certain times I think it was like maybe similar to something they served at Taco Bell. Now I, I have to look at the <laughs> origins of Mexican pizza now, but. Uh, there's something that's more Mexican <laughs> where it's basically just a um, like a tortilla and they put stuff on top of it. So so it's more on the Mexican side that they're having to call pizza. It's not pizza that's Mexican. Does that make sense? No. Never I mind. don't know. I don't never know. mind. So I don't but know we, how we go. We oh, France. French. French food. So. <laughs> I mean, if we want to go, did you, did you see uh, Lupin? Did you watch Lupin? Uh, season two came out earlier in the summer. If you want to just like enjoy the scenery of france it's it kind of did for me where did yakuza find did for oh, japan oh that's the oh yeah that's like it's the, a caper, uh, like a heist thieves, caper show. yeah heist yeah. yeah and uh i mean uh omar sai who's the the main the character is his real name um just very likable like very just like very cool guy where do people find and, this but uh, it's on, on Netflix. Netflix. Oh, it's on Netflix. And, okay. And they're just they're dashing around Paris, and you just watch it, and you just like fall in love with, with you know Paris, and they're in other parts of France at different times. So, uh, uh, really cool show. Highly recommend. It's a pretty. There's only like I don't know, maybe twelve episodes total. Um, but um, check it out. Lupin. Not has nothing to do with Lupin the Third. The the anime. So. All right. That was okay. my first guess. So. The okay. distinction. Well, all right, then. Yes, Any, Arsène Lupin. I guess it's like their version. Like, I guess if it's real, like the French version of like the, um, you know, some in- inspector or something Ocean's like that. Eleven or like, something. Uh, I don't know. Well, no, like a like a. He, he, I guess Arsène Lupin was like a. I was like the Hardy Boys or some sort of like. So, so is uh, he with the Serte? The police. Sherlock Holmes or something. Yeah. Is he with the? Is he with the Serte? He's a gentleman thief. What? Okay. Oh, I see. I see. Gentlemen, these. Never mind. Yes. Okay. Uh, we've got we've got some interviews. Boy, do we have some yeah. interviews for you all this week? <laughs> so, uh, Jeff, I, I, I do you want do you want to kind of set us up and we can roll into them because you're you're not going to want to miss a moment of any of these. Why don't you go ahead and set us up? No, absolutely. So, uh, first up, uh, Larry, you're going to be speaking with Rebecca Russell from Life is Strange True R- Colors. Rebecca Bissell. That is, uh, Bissell. Bissell. 
Bissell, see, you had the interview. Thank you for correcting me. Yep. So Rebecca Bissell, <laughs> Life is Strange, True Colors. We're, are we doing a retake here? I don't know what we're doing. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess, guess we are now. now. We, we can't, now that you said it, we are. So hold on. Now I gotta well, you could this. just cut. So we'll just go. Yeah, right. We right. You do right. Right. You are yes. okay. It's Rebecca okay. Bissell. We don't know. Greg is Greg Catherotis, uh, and then okay, your, your boy Johnny. So okay, go ahead and do a pickup. Yeah. Good luck with Greg. Okay. <laughs> right. You are Larry. Uh, we all have one, which is really cool. First up, Larry, you're going to be speaking with Rebecca Bissell from Life is Strange: True Colors, which is out now. Then Rebecca, not the same Rebecca, this Rebecca is going to be talking to Greg Petherothis, uh, the creative director from Shedworks, the makers of Sable. This is a really cool looking game coming to Xbox Game Pass. And then lastly, it was my distinct pleasure, my honor to talk to <laughs> Johnny Galvatron. You'll see, Rebecca, you'll see. Johnny Galvatron. <laughs> Can't wait. He is the maker of Artful Escape. He's sort of the creative genius behind it. He is, he's exactly what you think he is. And, but, and then some. So- Take it away. Life is Strange. True Colors is now available on Xbox. I'm very excited to hear to be joined by Rebecca Bissell, who's the producer at Deck Nine Games. Hi, Rebecca. Hi. What a delight what? to have you here. Life is Strange is, uh, you know, this has been an amazing uh, franchise that, uh, that, that gamers have loved for years and years. And you guys have really pushed the boundaries of storytelling, you know, in the electronic video game medium. But I, I want to talk about that. But before, before we get going, I want to talk about you and your journey and, and what you do there at Deck, Nine, at Deck Nine Games. Would you tell us a little bit about your past? Sure. Um, well, I feel like most developers, when they talk about their journey into the game industry, they always start out with a, this is not typical, but we'll don't try and the same thing. And I, I apologize. I will repeat the same. This is not typical. So I started playing games like everyone else when I was a kid, um, primarily on uh, PlayStation and Xbox. And I realized in college, I went to a small liberal arts college in Maine called Bates College. Mm -hmm. uh, I was a rhetoric major there, which is basically one, a fun way to spend four years of your life <laughs> and your college <laughs> tuition. Uh, it was, I studied the way in which different texts, be they a speech, book, film, a game can be persuasive and or tell a story in a way that compels the uh player or reader or person who hears it to them be convinced of that viewpoint. Um, I realized my Wait a minute, that's a major? Year, that's a major? Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure I'm sure my rhetoric professor and department head will be like, well actually it's this definition of rhetoric. But that's right. a major, yeah. It's basically it's it's I, I liken it to like film criticism or just yep. media analysis in general. Yep. Um I realized my sophomore year of college that I was like, I don't know how, but I, I, games are such an amazing, wonderful way to tell a story and to interact with something. And I, I want to, how can I make rhetoric and games interact? And I was like, I have no idea. I'm just going to write every single term paper I can for every rhetoric class about a game and the way in which a game is designed, how it tells their story. I ended up actually writing my honors thesis in uh, my senior year on narratology, authorship, and agency in video okay. games. Uh, I looked at the Stanley Parable, okay. um, which now working on a Life is Strange title, uh, I think fits just so perfectly well. Um, right. Yeah, I uh, so I, I when I first got out of college, I, I applied for a job at Nickelodeon. So I was a production coordinator there on their uh, mobile and web games team. Uh, and then associate producer, about three and a half years there in total. 
And then a friend of mine, who's another producer on the game, Rachel Seema, reached out to me and said, I'm on this amazing project in Colorado. This is really special. We're hiring another producer. You should come. And I said, I've never been to Colorado. Why would I want to go to Colorado? I'm in New York City. I'm having a great time. Why would I do that? Um, And she's like, no, 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 you have to come. It's very special. Let's cut to the scene of you packing all your things in your car and going over the George Washington Bridge and driving west, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, I I didn't know what to expect. And then when I got here, and I I hope, um, what I hope players of the game feel, because this game really is a love letter to Colorado. And I think a lot of the developers on the game feel this way too. If you got here and you're like, wow, oh my God, there's so much biodiversity and the landscape and there's so many beautiful things in the, the mountains and the towns that are here and just everything that's just wonderful in Colorado. So I got here, I fell in love. I found out I was working on Life is Strange 3, having grown up, well, played it and played the first one in college. I started, I burst into tears. Sure. And then when I found out it was about empathy, I cried even more <laughs> because I think something that a lot of young folks, especially young women are told when they're growing up is that your empathy or just empathy in general is emotions or things to be feared and not really things to investigate. And the more that you focus in on those, it makes you a weaker person. And I think um, I'll, I can talk more about the game and how that applies later, but yeah. I, it's really special to be able to now as a producer, uh, help artists, engineers, programmers, all of these different engineers, programmers, same thing, all of these different individual contributors uh, help make the game in the most effective, efficient way possible. As I mean, this is, this is an amazing story because your background is exactly what that game need or what that the, those that 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 franchise needs in terms of how to convince people. So th- that must feel really good that you you know you look in your rear your your career rearview mirror and like ever and I tell people this all the time. Every single thing you do adds up, and it brought you exactly mm-hmm. where you needed to be. So that's re- that's I mean, well done. Congratulations on that. Now let's talk about the game. Life is strange. True colors. Brand new game. It's out now. This is this is you know I can't remember which which number this is, and but there's been quite a few of them in terms of chapters. But where does it fit in the narrative of the Life is Strange universe? So this is a brand new entry into the Life is Strange universe. Um, There are some references scattered throughout Easter eggs that fans can find that maybe reference the events that have happened in previous games. But as far as if you're a new player, you know nothing about the franchise, you just saw this really cool trailer in March, and you're like, oh my god, that looks fun. I want to try it. Right. You play new players can jump right in. Um, We have a brand new protagonist, Alex Chen, and her... Um, she's grown up as a kid within the foster care system, having been separated from her brother, Gabe, for the last about eight years. I believe the start of the game, she's 21 or 22. Okay. Um, and we arrive in Haven Springs, uh, where she's, uh, been contacted by her brother, Gabe, to start a new life. And, um, when she gets there about a day after a day of having a great time, uh, and the trailers say this, so no spoilers technically, but, uh, he dies in a mysterious accident. And you, Alex, using your supernatural power of of empathy slash mind reading slash heart reading, where you can see and understand the emotions of people and why they're feeling a certain way, have to find out what happened to him and what the secrets, uh, what Haven Springs is hiding from that now, too. Now, you know, you just finished telling us about your your college work in at university, where you learned about how to essentially do exactly this. Um, <laughs> So how does it feel to take, I mean, I mean, you must be writing your professor right now going, hey, guess what I'm doing? This is because, because you wrote all about that when you were in college. So that's amazing that you're able to, to bring it forward. 
what is it like to create work with these characters? Did you, did you walk in and say and 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 they said, okay, Alex is the name of the character, or were you actually able to develop the character that it was this type of person and defined it? And tell us a little bit about the character creation process. Mm-hmm. So me, Rebecca, uh, not involved in the process. I came a bit later on sure. into the development, but. Um, What's funny you mentioned my college work because the way that the writers were thinking about Alex and her character and the way that she would be informed was very similar to the work that I did in college. Right. Um, the writers, when they, when the team, when they came off of Life is Strange Before the Storm in 2017, they knew they wanted to make a game about a character or somebody where empathy was the central power. Right. Because essentially, video games are empathy machines when you think about it. Of you are you as the player are being asked to control the fate of a character on screen and understand their background, what they need to accomplish, X, Y, and Z. And then, you know, the choices you make from them in gen- like impa- impart that empathy towards you about that character. Um, so the team really started to focus on, okay, what kind of character where, where they could feel the super empathy? Where would this be a problem? Where would it be dramatic? Um, and the team did a lot of research and consulting with people in that have grown up in foster care of when you're constantly being uh, transported either from either different foster home to foster home or living in a system where you have everybody's emotions constantly surrounding you and you're trying to figure out who you are versus is this the emotion that I'm taking from somebody else? And then which is something we experience just generally. And then bringing that up to like the 500th degree, what types of things would you see and feel and hear? Um, and I, that was always the core, and that was just a really fun world to explore and what, what kinds of things would happen to that person. Yeah, and I'm looking at that, and we've got the trailer right here right now, and you can kind of mm-hmm. see a little bit of it. It's, it's you know, it's it looks like the Life is Strange universe, which is great, but we can see a little bit about the main character and and as you, as you play as, as her. And, you mm-hmm. know, th- her superpower that you referred to earlier is, I mean, how does that reveal itself? How do you, how do you see, is it just thought bubbles above someone's head or tell us a little bit about that mechanic? Mm-hmm. So um, one special piece of this for Alex, too, as our new protagonist, she is the first Life is Strange protagonist where we start the game and she, we instantly know right off the bat, this is a power Alex has had for a very long time. And she comes to Haven Springs viewing it as a curse. And how that manifests is when Alex encounters an, an individual with a particularly strong emotion, she'll see that emotion radiate out from them in a colored aura. And that yeah. color matches yeah. the emotion that they'll have. So in the beginning, um, you know, if the character is angry, they'll have a very big red aura around them. Or if they're sad, they'll have a blue aura. And Alex, if it's at a high enough level, can use her power to uh, read into that person's thoughts and see the world temporarily as they see it. You know, it's interesting you say that because, I mean, we've all had those experiences where, you, where maybe you're angry or you're happy and you feel like you're radiating red and anger or happiness green mm-hmm. or whatever your whatever your happy color is. Um, so it's interesting to see that you you choose you chose that as the methodology. And of course, part of the you know, part of the um, the experience and these games is just as again, is the rich storytelling. You know, life is strange. Mm-hmm. As you said, you played the first one when you were a little bit younger in, in college. They really just I mean, they they're almost the books of our generation in some regards. Certainly people say video games are like that, but these are just so specific in terms of their storytelling. It's it's gotta be great to work on that. But what's interesting also is that you're now working at Deck Nine Games, and and if I understand correctly, is is Don't Nod, which started the series. You guys are now taking that 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 mantle forward for Life is Strange. Is that accurate? 
Um, I don't believe that we are the ones taking the entire franchise. That franchise belongs to Square Enix, and we sure. were lucky to be able to do an entry in it. Sure. Of course. Um, so this, yeah, yeah, yeah. So with this um, specific moment, I think what's so wonderful about the Life is Strange franchise and the the immense, um, you know, wall immense glass ceilings that Don't Nod broke. Yeah. putting this game forward and showing that there's an audience for people for stories about young people and experiencing the mundane in a supernatural way and right. um, focusing on story and community building and just seeing how many people out there that mattered so much to them was really freeing for deck nine um, knowing that we could start telling stories uh, and luckily in this universe about love loss grief um Move, moving away, trying to find what home means to you, all of these different mental health and emotional health um, things that all of us have in our life and we learn how to process has just been a blessing to really have had that wonderful precedent set by Don't Nod and then now us throwing our hat into the ring to add to that world. Right. The the original games, some of the original games of Life is Strange, they were broken up in chapters. Do you use the same mechanic mm. for this for this title? Yes. Um, the only difference is now we're giving the player much more agency in choosing, do you want to play all of them through at once? So you just get the whole thing at once, but you still have those breaks. Or do you want to, you know, at the end of a bad cliffhanger, at the end of a chapter, stop, cry your feelings out, take a minute, and then maybe come back to it in a couple of days, a week. But um, so that, that the structure is still built in and it doesn't fundamentally change, but we're allowing the player to choose that rhythm that they want to have the story. Yeah, involved. it's it's a recipe that people enjoy and and lends itself mm -hmm. to the really the the modern storytelling. So I'm so excited to see. I mean, it's funny because we have to talk about this game and I, I you know, we can't we don't want to do any spoilers. You kind of told us yeah. what it is, but there's also something interesting here is that, you know, you talked about the chapters, but my understanding is with one of the editions there's also um a, a, a some downloadable content that's going to happen later mm -hmm. in the month. Is that accurate? Uh, yes, um, our DLC for our beloved character, Steph, uh, Life is Strange Wavelengths. It's coming out, I believe, at the end of September, um, which is wonderful. Uh, the fun, oh, what, I don't th I'm so sorry, pardon my words. That's uh, right. The, the one, <laughs> what's so special about the production of this specific DLC is uh, we actually, the team started you know, writing it just as we went into lockdown for the pandemic. And we kind of had to readjust everything. And this whole DLC that you're seeing is a single person, Katie Bentz, who is amazing, shot by herself and then the team working remotely to tell this complex story of a, per a, a woman moving to a new place, trying to establish what her identity is as a queer woman throughout the entire year before the events of the main game. And the right. fact that the team pulled this off is and just how it just so perfectly tied into the constraints we were given as a dev studio. It, it, it feels natural. And it was just, so, it's so, so amazing to have that be put together. Well, I, I, you know, first of all, I always love to tell people this. I mean, the most important feature of any game is shipping it. You've done that. <laughs> so congratulations. <laughs> um, so, so it's, it's great to see. And again, for, for, for folks that are new to the life is strange, uh, series, you know, this is, you don't have to play any, as she said earlier, you don't have to play any of them, but if you do, you'll see some things in there that you may recognize, and certainly this amazing, amazing storyteller. So, Rebecca Bissell, thanks so much. Producer at Deck Nine Games, congratulations to you and the team for shipping it, and thank you for joining us today. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I hope you guys enjoy playing. <laughs> 
Sable was first revealed to the world a few years ago, and it's finally going to be coming out on Xbox, Xbox Game Pass, and PC next week. And so here to tell us about the game is Greg from Shedworks. Hi. Okay. <laughs> Hi, it's going. Thanks. Um, tell us a little bit about Sable. Uh, yeah, so Sable is a open world exploration game. Uh, you play as a young girl setting out from home for the first time uh, on a kind of a rite of passage that everyone on this uh, in this world takes part in, which is uh, called the gliding. And the gliding involves basically basically everyone in this world wears a mask, um, and masks kind of convey different cultural or carry different cultural meaning or function. Um, and the gliding is basically a way for uh, young adults going into adulthood uh, to try out different kinds of masks and see what kind of fits them. And then at the end of the gliding, they choose a mask to settle with. So. Uh, throughout the game, you'll be trying out different things, helping out different people, meeting different people, exploring different places, and um, and yeah, just basically trying to find out what fits you. Um, but the game is primarily based around exploration, so uh, there's lots of kind of uh, big open spaces to explore. You're driving around on a hover bike uh, through the dunes and exploring different biomes, different. Um, like old ruins and uh, fallen spaceships uh, as you do so. So it it's kind of a, has a loneliness to it in a way, the game, like uh, it's part of like the story we're telling uh, about leaving home, I guess, and some of the feelings you get when you do that. Um, you know, we kind of thought of it uh, in a similar way to when you leave home for the first time, maybe you go to university or start living on your own or go and do it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, people do different things in different places, I guess. But uh, yeah, this is Sable's version of that. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's primarily based around exploration. We wanted it to keep it quite loose. Um, so there's kind of, uh, there's no set kind of main quest line to do. There's just a, a variety of different things that you can choose to do, places you can visit. And we don't really do a lot to control that we kind of want to give the player a lot of freedom um and that's kind of also reflected in the mechanics that we use in the game so uh, we have this very free climbing system where players can climb on more or less any surface um and uh explore any environment and approach any environment in any way that they want um and yeah we kind of keep yeah that all kind of ties in i think or we try to tie that into the idea of exploration and discovery and uh, really try to evoke strong feelings of wanderlust. And uh, yeah, it kind of started, yeah, we started, we're a two person studio, but uh, the team's grown over time and it's been in, the game's been in development for a while. We kind of first had the idea in 2016, um, but we didn't start full development until late 2017. Um, we didn't think it would be a game that people were interested in. We thought it was just a, a silly passion project. Um, <laughs> and yeah, we started sharing on Twitter and uh, people apparently were interested. So from there, we managed to get support and 
get to make it the way we want it. Well, it's it's a pretty unique approach to have the player have so much freedom. I mean, usually even in different open world games, there's still some kind of storyline that you need to follow, some point A to Z that you have to get to in order to progress. So that's a really interesting approach. I mean, is that is that kind of evocative of like the games that you and like your partner typically like to play? Or like, how did you come up with the inspiration for that kind of open, no real necessary direction? Um, I think it's partly like a production thing because we're such a small studio um, by having this really loose structure um, it allowed us so we kind of have we have a beginning and we have an end um, but the things in between are more nebulous and you know part of that is that that's our way of giving the player agency of saying okay uh, the kind of start and the destination you know let us tell you that story but the the journey in between, uh, you can kind of choose where to go and what to see. And if you don't like something, you can walk away from it. But what that meant on a production level was that we could kind of scatter these content, this kind of content around the world. And so people, uh, so <laughs> it meant that if we needed to cut something, if we didn't have time for something, it wouldn't, the kind of overall structure wouldn't just collapse on itself, which Sometimes with games, uh, uh, when you're producing them in a more linear fashion, so you need players to see this thing or do this thing in order to make the next thing make sense. Um, and for us, we didn't have that issue so much. Um, I mean, it brought plenty of other issues making an open world game, but um, that was the idea at first. We thought we thought we were being clever, um, <laughs> but uh, we still made an open world game with a small team, so we're not that clever. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, it's... It's refreshing. I mean, I can't tell you how frustrating it is for me to get to a certain point and then it's like, oh no, you have to have already completed XYZ in order to progress. And I hate that. So yeah. I think this is actually a very refreshing take. I'm, I'm excited to try it. Yeah, I think um, so. You just have to collect a couple of masks and then after that, like uh, you can wrap the game up. Um, we expect people to continue playing, um, but, mm -hmm. uh, but we do encourage people to just play how they want and... Uh, it, you know, when they're, when they're bored of it to go wrap it up and, and feel like they have a completed story, I guess. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, with the masks, it's, that's interesting. So is the mask that I would create or get not necessarily the same as like what my friend would get if they were playing the game? Like it kind of varies by the route that you take within the game? Yeah. So, um, so different, it's often kind of, uh, Go, runs down professional lines. So maybe there's like, you have these masks called the machinists and they're kind of like uh, the engineers of the world. They, they're they kind of scrapping uh, old technology from big ships and turning them into more functional objects in the world. So you can get uh, a machinist mask, for example, or you could get a, um, a cartographer's mask. And those uh, cartographers are kind of like the map makers of the world and they're floating around in their balloons and you can uh, get... Get. So you get badges from different people. And when you have three badges, uh, you can take that to a mask caster and oh. make a mask. Um, and so the idea there is that you're, you're meeting different people with who maybe do the same profession, but uh, maybe have different backgrounds. 
trust in that profession, or maybe you get all three badges from one person, or maybe you don't need any badges at all for a particular master. Like we, we kind of mix it up, but um, the master that you pick at the end, you know, that will affect Sable's life going forward, I guess. Um, but so in that sense, yeah, that's more, more down to you and your journey. But um, I think we have enough masks that you could finish the game and totally, you don't need to see, you, you could see a totally different set of masks to your friend, for example, and uh, yeah, and end up choosing something totally different. And I think that is something we wanted to encourage is this feeling of like the uh, playground whispers, like trying to keep things a bit more secretive and uh, mm -hmm. trying to encourage people to talk to each other about the game and their experience and the things they did. And hopefully that will vary a bit with different people and you might say oh did you see this thing and if your friend if your friend says no you should uh no oh i totally missed that like that to me is a cool experience because then people are, like sharing stories about the game and sharing uh their experiences in a way that i think becomes more and more difficult now with games um mm -hmm. there's a lot of a lot of stuff gets showed very early or before launch and you know it's a totally different way of experiencing games but uh this was the idea we had for uh, yeah. how someone well, might be able. Yeah, I've, I've seen, a, um, I think, the, the reveal trailer, and then there was another trailer recently, and you can see a lot of really interesting aspects about the game, but it doesn't, like, give away exactly what you're going to be doing. Um, so, I yeah, it looks pretty cool. I mean, can you tell me a little bit more about the, the hover bikes? I mean, is it weird that it kind of reminds me of Star Wars? <laughs> No, no. Um, I mean, the holobytes, well, the Star Wars connection is, is definitely there. Like, uh, the original idea of the game definitely was inspired by, uh, by actually the force awakens. Like, uh, I think it was oh, kind of like okay, yeah. an idea of like, Oh, what if Ray never left, uh, Jakku? What if, what if she was just a normal person? What if she wasn't the one to save the world? And what if she was someone who just lived on this planet? Um, and it kind of evolved from there, obviously, uh, you know, it's not, it's not the exact same idea, but, um, but that was the original conception. And, and so the Hoffbikes running of Star Wars isn't a surprise to me, but, um, but actually we, so Sable gets given a Hoffbike at the beginning of the game, um, Simoon, who's your, uh, kind of traveling companion. And as you explore, uh, you'll get different bike parts and you'll be able to customize your bike. You'll be able to get different oh, bike okay. palettes. You'll be able to change the color. But the customization system, like I think it's a really cool system actually. We uh you can change the front, the wings or the back of the bike, and you can create kind of configurations that look totally different to each other and also handle and sound totally different from each other. Um oh. and I think you get some really interesting uh bike combinations. You know, I haven't I've probably only seen like uh <laughs> 40%, 50% of the different combinations. I, I, I mean, yeah, there are going to be some strange ones, I think, and some fun ones. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's another way for players to express themselves uh, in the game, uh, that the mask they wear and also the clothes they wear. So they'll be able to change what clothing they're wearing uh, throughout the game. Um, yeah. It's very cool. A lot of player freedom in this game. I'm sensing a theme. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah, um, I think, you know, we... Yeah, for sure. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about the the art and the music? I mean, it, it looks really beautiful. Like both of the trailers that I saw were really well done. Um, like what's the, I, 
yeah, what's the inspiration behind the art and the music? Yeah, um, the the art we kind of started. It started from a few different places. We started with some like experiments using uh, line art techniques, and then uh, we were obviously inspired by the work of Mobius, uh, the Belgian uh, comic mm-hmm. and comic artist. And uh, sorry, the style was Lean Claire. Mobius was French, uh, <laughs> but we were inspired by <laughs> the Belgian comic styles. But that Mobius was kind of like a pioneer of, but, um, and also tonally very inspired by, uh, Studio Ghibli's, uh, animation work. Um, but also, yeah, a lot of the inspirations come from actually my background's in architecture. I studied architecture. Um, and so a lot of the references that we pull from were actually architects. So Carlos Garpa, mm-hmm. um, Archigram, and uh, the metabolists, the Japanese metabolists, like a lot of these were kind of an Arcosanti in Arizona. It's like a really interesting uh, desert uh, kind of living scenario. Um, and yeah, these were like real world architectural experiments that we looked at and kind of were inspired by. Um, but yeah, it was just like a kind of uh, synthesis of these different elements and trying to create a place that kind of felt unique. Um, and I think in games, especially, um, because we wanted to pull as much as we could from outside of games uh, for these sorts of inspirations. Um, and, you know, part of that tied into the what we wanted to do with music too. Um, so actually the uh, composer of the game is an uh, indie musician, uh, Japanese Breakfast. Um, and Michelle, who is Japanese Breakfast, she uh, composed the entire soundtrack and uh, all the songs in the game. and. Yeah, it was, we wanted to kind of have someone who hadn't necessarily worked in games before uh, bring something new to the table. And that was just a really cool, exciting experience to work with her because she's out touring and writing writing the songs for the game in the back of her tour bus and stuff. Uh, and she, you know, she brought production experience and also just uh, a different insight into making uh, making music. But... We also had Martin uh, Kvala, who he's a sound designer on, on loads of different game projects. Uh, and so we kind of got to have them as our sound team and combine someone who's super experienced in games and someone who this is like, this is, well, she did a small game project as a promotional piece for her second album, I think, but this was her first kind of uh, game project as just a composer. Um, and yeah. Yeah, I think that was something we, again, like outside of games, inspiration that we wanted to pull in and see what we could do with in in a video game. Yeah, well, it looks and sounds really unique and beautiful. I'm very excited. I'm sure you have a lot to, left to do before it launches next week, but um, yeah. do you have any final words? <laughs> uh, yeah, I just, I, I hope people come in and, and uh, feel like, yeah, I hope we create something that is just something really evocative and gives makes people feel kind of a sense of wonder and uh, inspiration, I guess, as they're playing the game. Um, and, you know, I think it's quite a chilled out game. It's quite slow paced in some ways. Um, but I hope people, I hope that resonates with people. Um, I think, I think, I hope people just take their time with it. It's, you know, you can't die in the game. It's just about 
taking it easy and, and getting lost in this world. And I hope that I hope that people get that from it. It's, that sounds refreshing. I'm excited to try it. So thank you so much for your time. And uh, Sable will be out next week, September 23rd on Xbox, Xbox Game Pass, and PC. The Artful Escape, which sounds like a cat burglar caper like the Thomas Crown Affair, is instead an interactive rock drama that looks like it could have spawned from David Bowie or The Beatles or Jimi Hendrix. I've never played anything like it. And I'm assuming I've never interviewed anybody like Johnny Galvatron, who is joining us live from Australia. Johnny, this psychedelic masterpiece spawned from you. And I've been trying to explain how I've been trying to explain this game to folks, which I played through over the weekend and I loved it. And I kind of landed on Dream Simulator. How, how, how do you describe <laughs> the art of game? Yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it? It seems to be somewhere between like a cinematic experience, an album, a, a narrative, and a game. Um, I think you know one of the the cool things about the game is is just how we approach music, um, and what is one of the main things that that works about uh, the input. Um, I think it's it's about um, making music feel like you're playing it live. Like, I, I, you know, I love a lot of music games. I love um, Guitar Hero and that sort of thing, but it doesn't really feel like playing music to me. Um, music, you know, I always use Smells Like Teen Spirit as an example. It's it's a very easy song to play, but it's powerful. And you're not really thinking about what's coming next. It's it's in you. And that's what I wanted the, the guitar to feel like. And I think we, we did an amazing job of, of getting the guitar to, to flow effortless, effortlessly through the whole world and, and, um, and give you that badass feeling of shredding across the galaxy. Well, let's talk about that because I mean, I used to love playing rock band, but there's, there was a lot of stress involved. I want to, I don't want to yeah. get booed off the stage and, Oh, maybe I'm playing on too hard of a difficulty. Still had a lot of fun. Gave me a lot of appreciation for artists I hadn't met before, but there was something that was really interesting in the artful escape. And you have these freestyle moments where like, no matter what button I push, it sounds good. And, and it gives you agency. I feel like to make something that sounds like, like I made this, but there's like a safety net. So I'm curious, like how you did that. And, and, and I've heard there's a, a term for something like this called like uh, pareidolia. Uh, tell, tell me like oh, how yeah. do you make well, this stuff yeah. sound great? Yeah. Well, have you heard of Dark Side of the Rainbow? Yeah. Where, where Dark Side play, of the Rainbow. Uh, where it's uh, Pink Floyd and, and Wizard of Oz, right? Yes, that is it. Um, you, you start the uh, Dark Side of the Moon on the third roar of the MGM line and uh, it lines up. But it doesn't really. It's just your brain looking for pattern recognition and trying to associate the visual with the audio. And we kind of do that in a multi-layered audio sense. So we record everything in um, in a in a key. So like in the heliotrons in the snow world, that's uh, it's just an E flat. Uh, great key, personal favorite key of mine. And um, the you just shred the guitar. We just we get Aidan Altman into the studio. Me and Josh Abrahams who did all the music record hours of shredding, chop it up, place it in different parts of the music, see if it works, finesse it, round off the corners. And, um, and then you, uh, you get it to play at the, at, you know, the player can activate the guitar at any point. So you've got to get it to be able to work it at any time. 
And if you get it right, the guitar, you know, the play will play, the shred will roar across the galaxy and uh, it'll line up. And, you know, sometimes you'll hear it like performing a perfect counter melody with something that's on the track or reaching a crescendo at the same time. And your mind will say, well, that was exactly how it was supposed to happen. That's, that's how it was composed. But really it's your mind trying to make sense of what's going on. Um, so if it sounded good to you, it was because your brain made it sound good. Well, I mean, I will give my brain a lot of the credit here for that, but probably your brain a little bit more for, for, for programming this. I, I, the only thing I could kind of like describe this as it kind of reminded me of like close encounters of the third kind at times where you're not only jamming out with aliens, but you're jamming out through like tones. And I don't know, like, like is, when you hit it at the right time, it just felt like incredibly powerful in a really, in just like a really cool way that I, I'd say you have to experience. Yeah, I think it's definitely something that you have to that. play. Because on, 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 yes, totally. I'm going to go into that. Um, the, the, uh, I think playing uh, when you get those uh, dual notes that kind of finish these uh, progressions of music, it's like if you hit that progression, you're the one who closes that loop. Yeah, it makes you feel like a badass. It makes you feel like Batman beating up yeah. people. That's what I feel like. Um, and... Yeah, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, huge influence. One of my favorite films. Uh, I don't know why Richard Dreyfus is in it. Seems like a weird character, but if you pull like all of Richard Dreyfus's parts of the film out, it's uh, it's like the perfect film. Um, and I think it was a big influence too. I think it's the only film that Spielberg cut to the music. Usually he cuts the film and then he has the music. And this is the only film that did the other way around. It has this kind of uh, this symphony quality to it. I think. Uh, definitely a big inspiration. I, I don't know if, if any actor more than Richard Dreyfus ever molded mashed potatoes in such a way. So I think that was maybe that's what got him. The, the, the uh, Is that what he did in the audition for Spielberg? He just was like on the on the mash. It, mu it must have been. It must have been. I saw that movie at a very young age, and I think it like for some reason that stuck with me. And yet I was not allowed to play with my food. But you know, did did he win an Oscar for that? I don't know. <laughs> So I, I would love so. to talk about, yeah, probably, probably not. So, um, I, I, you know, the, the guitars in this game are still sort of ringing in my ears after they're playing through it, uh, uh, you know, over the, over the weekend. But another thing that's really stuck with me is the voice of Carl Weathers as Lightman. It was just awesome. This rock god, spaceship captain. It makes sense when you play the game. But he's, he's far from alone as far as, as big names are concerned. So I, I would love for you to talk about the voice talent uh, in this game. And also, like, what did you say to them that made them say, oh, yeah, I want to be like a giant floating head made out of like different parts or, or you know, <laughs> there's some strange stuff in this game. What, how did you sell them Lena Headey, for instance, on, on joining the game? Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, here's, here's how it happens from my angle, which, which is that, um, you know, I did the short story is one time I did a playthrough for Anna Perna and the music was broken in the game um, and half of it wasn't playing in it and you've played it. So, you know how important it is. And uh, <laughs> so to cover that silence, I started doing all the characters, like just really chewing the scenery like a, uh, like a Shakespearean actor in Star Trek. And uh, I got a call at the end of it and they said, we, um, we want to do VO for the game. And I was like, damn it, what have I done? I've made so much more work for myself. And um, then we did a little test and it was really cool. It was just me acting, so the acting wasn't very good, but we knew it was going to work. Um, 
And then, you know, uh, Deb Mars, who we work with at Annapurna, she was like, you know, who are you thinking for Lightman? And I'm like, well, you know, like, who can I, who can I have? What's the echelon here? Um, and she's like, if you, could, if you could have anyone, who would you get? And I was like, I'll get Carl Weathers. She's like, I'll get back to you. And then, uh, uh, you know, a week later, you get the call, Carl's it. And then a week after that, Carl's in the studio and he's reading all the nonsense that you wrote. It was the part he was born to play. He was just so great at it. So, uh, I mean, oh, I, don't, I, 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 I couldn't, I couldn't see any other, like, in any other actor playing the role. He was just so perfect for it. Cause he's, he's that guy who has like the charisma, like the Apollo Creed, who is kind of like a stage persona, but then, you know, he's also like in happy Gilmore, he's got like perfect, like comedic timing. What a, what a, like, what a, what in a zillion that guy. And and imagine he's got his hands in this one. So he was able to shred some really great guitar. Um, in, in, you know, the Crocs didn't, didn't get Lightman. Um, in The Artful Escape, Francis Vendetti, uh, so he goes on the, the, this, this journal, journey of a lifetime. I, we haven't talked about the game itself all that much of the story. Um, and, and, and that's fine because this journey is really interesting, but I'm wondering about your, your journey. I first played The Artful Escape. Uh, it was the last game I played before they turned off the lights at E3. I want to say it was E3 2017, and it stuck with me. It carried me through the flight home. I want to know how you have spent the last four years between that time when we all saw the game, you know, that was introduced to the world to, to where we're at now. What have I done? I've done so much stuff. I, you know, I think it, the, the crazy thing is like just having a studio and learning to work with people and learning to, well, I was going to say, like do the accounting, but I, I get someone else to do that. I just, you just, I mean, that's another, you find someone yeah. to do the accounting. That's really important. And, um, uh, yeah, we've just been crafting. I mean, the thing is, because the, the whole game is this kind of tracking shot, like this, this Wes Anderson kind of long dolly shot, um, it's, there's so much detail in the game that passes the camera in a second. And we never wanted to like compromise on it. We always wanted to, the player to be able to stop and see these vistas. And then, you know, you have the voice acting. That was like a huge thing that we did. And just like making sure that the pacing of the game was correct. I think thing we got really, we, we did really well. I feel like we approached it in, in kind of a musical sense as well. It's kind of verse chorus, bring it down, guitar solo. Um, and I feel like the game has a good flow to it. Um, so that was definitely one of the things we worked hard on. I spent, you know, way too long in the recording studio having so much fun um absolute privilege to be in the studio with uh, such good musicians for so long um and just making sure you know it had all the bells and whistles uh and 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 hanging out with uh carl weathers my best friend carl weathers who we hang out all the time there's at least two years of that i'm sure just just hanging out with carl weathers right there I- i'm glad you recorded i did get to hang out with them yeah. Oh, no. yeah. Sorry, go on. No, it's a bit of a delay. We're here to hear you, Johnny Galvatron, not not me. They'll get me for the rest of the hour. Um, okay, well, I'll i I'll just tell you a um Sorry about that. Sorry, that's so unprofessional. Um the uh <laughs> Welcome to the show. Um Yeah yeah, yeah. The um yeah, I mean another cool thing was like uh, working with Jason Schwartzman. He um he, I got to just hang out with him for an hour before and just like talk about Bowie and, 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 and Bob Dylan. And that was just like, 
what a moment. What, I, you know, I'm a huge fan. So it was just like, uh, I loved it. And, um, and then when he came into the studio, he had all these props, like he had a cape and some hats and an umbrella, like a little synth and stuff. And I'd be like, let's try the line this way. And he'd like, he'd do one way. And then he'd, he'd try to flip the cape back and then he'd hold the umbrella up. Uh, uh, amazing experience. I would have been disappointed if it was anything else because he's he's a great actor. I loved him. Scott Pilgrim, of course, he's done uh, many yeah. other things. Uh, Wes Anderson, but then also a uh, heck of a musician as well with with Coconut Records. So, um, I the game, the Artfulscape, now available uh, on Xbox Game Pass. You have no excuse not to try it. You've never played anything like it. I can assure you. I'm curious now that it's been out for the better part of a week. What's the reaction been like, Johnny? Um, Metal AF. Uh, the reviews the reviews have been really amazing. It's been great, you know, getting so much input from Twitter. And I can't believe, how, like, you kind of steal yourself for, for uh, the, an onslaught of nastiness, uh, especially after, you know, I was in, like, a mid-tier band that was kind of like Poison. I'm used to a bit of internet carnage. So um, I, I, I can't believe how good it's been. Um, and just seeing all the costumes people make and the personas that people make have been an absolute delight. That's so awesome to hear. Like I said, you have to try the game if any of this piques your interest. Give it a go. Wait to the point where you get a guitar in your hand. That's when, when once you go into space, you'll know stuff is getting real and that's where you, you have the majority of the game and you start to see things you've never seen before, um, you know, depending on your, 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 your mental state at any given point. So uh, <laughs> I, I want to thank you. <laughs> I want to thank you very much, Johnny, for joining us. Uh, it's been great having you on here at the Artful Escape. It's available now. And, and Johnny, please give your best to your grandfather, Megatron. Thank you. I will. He's doing well. Well, that was something, wasn't it? <laughs> With the last I name like Alvin, John, what did we time. expect? So, so apologies exactly. in advance because, as you could tell, as Jeff mentioned, he's from Australia and the internet was a little dicey down there. But the, what I loved about Johnny was, as you said before we did the interviews, uh, Jeff, is that he's exactly the person who could make that game. And when you play the game, you'll understand. You finished the game, right? Yeah, I played it. I loved it. It's only about, I don't know, maybe five hours or so. Highly recommend you you go through it. It's just, it's more of an experience than anything. You kind of can't fail. Right. Um, but you still have agency, especially in sort of like how you customize yourself and when you're sick. But it's just like, it's just sort of like a beautiful thing to watch and listen to. And I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And if Johnny Galpatron can't sell you on the game, I, what chance do I have? And the, no. funny part, <laughs> the funny part about it was... I mean, Johnny's great. He wore the sunglasses, like we have our sunglasses on. He wore sunglasses the whole thing. And Jeff, I don't know how you didn't ask, like, what's up with the sunglasses? But you know what? <laughs> once we Very started polite. once we started rolling with the interview, it made perfect sense. You, it didn't need explanation. No. And here's the other thing, is that when you play Artful Escape, everybody wears glasses. Like, right. everybody. Like, right. no, and they never uh, come off. So um, I almost would have been you know, disappointed if he took them off. It would yeah. have been a yeah, bit of a letdown. he's just staying in character. He's just, yeah. yeah. Just like we are right now. So, uh, I respect the commitment. <laughs> Jeff, should we, uh, Should do you, do you have some news? We got to do a little bit of news here. I know you've got some stuff on the news desk there. Do you want to take your glasses? Oh, we'll take our glasses off now. Okay. Oh, you can move them on. It's fine. I just Give need to read the to news. Give these back to my dad. <laughs> uh, ooh, ooh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell, tell us what you told, or tell everyone what you told us about those glasses. Yeah, off the air. Um. 
Yeah, my so my dad has been using my car while I've been gone, and so I got these out of there. And he says that these help him see the fish in the river because they're like polarized or something. Um, and then they also come with the nice dad loop. So in the summertime, they're just, you know, hanging around his neck there like that. So I'll keep them there now. The time that. is perfect because as part of Xbox Game Pass, available now, I am fish. Yes, it's available on day one. It's a charming physics-based adventure starring four intrepid fish friends, one of which I'm sure your dad will be gravitating to. So there were 13. I had to see you up for that. I was like, there's got to be a fish game. When you there it that. is. Indeed. Yeah. My dad game. does have an Xbox, so this sounds perfect. There we go. It's, I don't think it's a fishing game. He's taking the role of the fish, so it might actually make him think differently about the yeah. fish oh, wow. in, in the exactly. future. Anyway, 13 the, games were announced. The hunter becomes the hunted. <laughs> so there's just a ton to play. Uh, I'm going to call it a few of these. Um, some of them we've known about for a long time, like Lemnus Gate. We did an interview, I want to say, a little while ago, which we is sure like a really did. interesting Groundhog Day sort of um, tactical shooter against other folks where you you keep going back and forth, almost like a chess game, but it's a, a shooter. You'll want to look for that interview because it's super complicated or super complex, but really interesting. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out for real. Uh, Larry, for you, yes. well, of course, uh, I think you'll be very interested in playing Subnautica. Uh, there's a uh, updated version here, uh, which is called Below Zero. Yeah. So did you ever get into Subnautica as a scuba diver? I feel like this would be your be your thing. I did. I, something came along which pulled me away from it, but I did enjoy it as a, again, as you said, as a scuba diver because it's. Uh, I just I love being in that weightless aquatic environment. Cool. So we talked about Sable. That's out next week. Uh, Origami Two, which seems really cool. I think the first Origami is also A R A, not Origami. I have a Philly accent. I apologize, uh, <laughs> but it's you're not folding paper here. Uh, it is a stealth uh, a stealth co op game. Um, that it just seems really cool, and that's uh, out. Uh, that's out now, uh, right. day one type of game. And then uh, I was really excited to find this out. Phoenix Point. Phoenix Point is made by the original creators of like XCOM One and Two, not the remake or the sort of like rebooting of XCOM One right. and Two that happened uh, during the Xbox 360 generation. Fantastic games, love for Axis. They're awesome. Really like they're working on a Marvel game. Um, but the original XCOM. Uh, which was like on early PC days. Well, the game that they're making now is Phoenix Point. It's been out on PC on Windows 10, part of Xbox Game Pass, but it's coming to console uh, on October 1st, and they're going to be adapting it, and so that's going to be really cool too. Anyway, 13 titles that are coming in the next couple of weeks, which is so much, and that's on top of everything else that's available to play. So um, really... Time management is the real game here. So hurry and finish Psychonauts on Game Pass because you have a lot of other games to get into. Exactly. So I I saw this post uh, that said uh, THQ is is celebrating a major uh, Xbox store sale. And I was like, Larry's on on sale but uh i just see major and i immediately <laughs> think major nelson they it's somehow the 10th anniversary of thq nordic i feel like they just formed very recently right um, they work on an incredibly diverse uh slate of games that they publish everything from uh like a a huge sort of third person action adventure with biomutant which came out earlier earlier this year dark siders that series everything to like spongebob Square people love that Yes, 
Oh, Kings of Amalur, Re-Reckoning, which I've been meaning to get to. Um, uh, I love Destroy so, All Humans. Yes. So there's a lot of stuff. MX versus ATV. Anyway, significant sales up to 75%. Uh, and that is going on now until September 27th. If you want, really want to check it all out, head over to my blog at majornelson.com. There's a whole, there's a whole, you can sort by date, or excuse me, title and the whole routine. So you'll check them all out over there. THQ, 10, 10 years, Jeffrey. THQ. North. Yes. Yes. And now that we are uh, halfway through the month is actually the start of Hispanic Heritage Month. Ooh, and Rebecca, right. I know you're working uh, you know, internally on, on the work that we're doing here. I'd love to hear more about some of the things that we have planned. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, Hispanic Heritage Month in the U.S. runs from September 15th through October 15th. So it just started a couple days ago. Um, on the Xbox side, we have a lot of cool ways for people to get involved, learning, in entertainment. Um, for one thing, the Forza team is actually doing a livery design contest. So if you use uh, hashtag Forza HHM and share any designs that you've created that are kind of like uh you know, rooted in like Hispanic or Latino culture. Um, there's a chance for those to be featured in game and then also for the people who design them to get in game rewards. Um, pretty cool. Uh, Microsoft's also going to be matching rewards points, different kind of rewards um, for folks uh, who donate to um, Lat uh, Latin Latinx in gaming, um, which is a it's a group that connects Latinos across the gaming industry, promotes cultural appreciation, um, representation in games. Um, and then there's also another uh, group that you can donate to called CARE. Um, they're fighting poverty around the world, but they're also specifically doing it in like Latin America and the Caribbean. Um, so any points that are donated to, do to those groups, this uh, for through Hispanic Heritage Month will be matched by Microsoft. So you can double the impact. Um, and then, you know, we've also just got a lot of really good programming that's planned this month. So on twitch.tv slash Xbox, we have a lot of different, um, like, you know, Hispanic and Latino creators, uh, protagonists, stories, content, things like that. I think each week has a different kind of programming schedule, but it's all in celebration and support of Hispanic Heritage Month. So, yeah, there's a lot going on. Um, we published an Xbox Wire post on Wednesday. I would check it out if you're curious to learn more. Um, there's a lot of good stuff. Yeah, thank you for There's going to be yeah. some familiar faces. Uh, part of what I, I do is actually I was uh, working with some of these creators to bring them onto our channel next week. So uh, I know you know Danny Pena. Oh, uh, Godfrey. So, yeah. So Godfrey will be taking over the channel. Um, uh, Andy Cortez cool. from Kind of Funny will yep. be joining us, I think, the week after on the 27th. So um, you can look for them, uh, these these guest creators joining us starting 920. Um, uh, in the afternoon Pacific time and, you know, that's having fun 20th. and bringing in new voices to our channel, which is really cool. Thank you, Jeff. That's, that's great. Great yes. program. Thank you for uh, letting us know about that. Rebecca and Jeff, thanks for all the great work on that. Of course. One of the things I just wanted to bring up is you, you talked about donating points and we've brought it up a couple of times, but if you're on Xbox and I'm assuming you are, if you're, you're listening, you're listening <laughs> to the show, make sure you download right. the rewards app. Because then every time you launch a game that's in Game Pass, which is like, you know, all of the games, uh, or you unlock achievements, things like that, you'll see this sort of, uh, we call it a toast pop up. Um, and if you hold down the the Xbox button, the Nexus button, what do we call that? I, I actually saw a poll. And anyway, um, you end up racking up points. Exactly. That sound. Thank you, Larry. And you end up racking up points. And then you can donate those points, which we match. And so it's just all you got to do is one play games right easy. you're doing that Two, anyway when you see the thing pop up yeah. hold it down do it's, it's like doing. Doing more 
And before you know it, after a month, you'll rack up 9,000, 10,000 points, which you can donate and turn that into real money that um, can be donated and then matched. And that's like really powerful. And uh, the fact that you can just keep doing what you're doing and do something good is pretty awesome. Yeah, so, it's it's, it's anyway. a it's a friction free way for gamers to kind of uh, help out you know the community around them and beyond. So thank you for that, Jeff. Good point. Uh, what else you got for news over there, pal? I think we're going to leave it there. Obviously, okay. we're getting into a crazy period of of games coming out. Um, we've got Back for Blood coming up in a couple of weeks. I really hope that we get to play. We'll need to get a fourth, uh, but that should not be hard. Yep. Um, and then you know we've got. Uh, what is it? Uh, uh, Age of Empires four coming yeah. out after that, and Forza and Halo, and uh, there's obviously so many games from our it's partners, and so it's it's going to be it's going to be so much to play. You know what I'm excited so, about? A lot of opportunities to rack up this point. And, and I, hmm? I I I sh- I don't please apologies in advance, Rebecca, because I, I don't mean to not include you. <clears throat> but Jeff and I have a history with the Far Cry franchise. <laughs> That's right. That's coming out soon. So we've got, in fact, in fact, I'm working on a very special guest for to to interview for that for that show. I, I, I'll tell you more in the future. Stay tuned. Um, but but that that's also that because if you go w- watch the trailers, I mean the co op. That's a. Have you ever played uh, Rebecca? Have you ever played the game? Mm-mm, I haven't. It is just an open world co op sandbox delight. I mean, Jeff and I got into so much trouble in this game. We just had, you know, <laughs> I, we're not going to talk about that afternoon or that evening in the field punching cows. But beyond that, uh, <laughs> it was a lot of we're fun. Tenderizing the beef. Right. It, was, it was a lot of fun. So if you if you want to try it, Rebecca, mm-hmm. maybe you and I or you and Jeff can do co op. You know, we're happy to happy to pull you into that. You you need to be part of that nonsense. Hmm. Yeah, seems like you guys would be the right ones to hit up for some nonsense for sure. <laughs> uh, so hey, looking forward uh, to did you just offend us? I mean, I'm not offended. I'm just like, was that? No, it's fine. We deserve it. It was a compliment. That was that was like yeah. that was like a, that was like a mother-in-law backhanded compliment. Is what that <laughs> yeah. was. So, so well nonsense. That's your department. Yeah, that's yours. Anyway, all right, gang. Well, thanks. Thank you, uh, Rebecca, for. You know, you didn't have to travel back to the West Coast. I mean, I know you came out here just for the <laughs> just show. Just for this, yeah. But it's great. Thank you for thank you for coming in and doing the show. And when you come back, you'll be back in New York. You'll be back in the city. Yep, back in my small apartment. Awesome. Yeah. Well, well, safe travels there, <laughs> Jeff. You, you and I are going to uh, get together this weekend, right? We talked about that, or maybe this week. I haven't cool. seen you in a while. Why are we not in the same room, by the way? Like, how how did this not come together? This is we had that, our well, chance. It's funny when I was talking to Rebecca. I'm like, geez, I, I wish you had known you were there. We would have we would have taken you to lunch or something. But you're booked. You're like leaving like almost directly after the show to go back go back east. So I appreciate that. Yep. Yeah. Got to maximize nice to the see you guys time. virtually. Yeah. Well, yeah. Is, is, he, is, he, is, he, is Puma going to stay out here, or is he going to go with you back to New York? Um, TBD. For now, he's for now he's staying. Um, him and my dad have developed quite the bond. Um, we'll see. I'm sorry. Maybe they'll find some fish together. Yeah, you just said that, and I have a, I just have this image of your dad and Pumbaa sitting on the couch, both with sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's more like they've been laying in the hammock in the backyard, and my mom sends me these photos, and Pumbaa is like laying on my dad's head in the hammock, and my dad is sleeping while wearing these sunglasses. Right. So. Um, so. All right. Well, there you go. Cuba's living that country lifestyle now. He's, he's enjoying his, he's living his best country life. Anyway. All right, gang. We'll see you guys next week. We've got some more interviews for you next week. Some more fun. Jeff will have more news. Rebecca, you'll, you'll also probably have some interviews lined up and 
we look forward to everybody. So stay safe, have fun, everybody, and uh, hit us up on on Twitter. You know how to find us. It's it's pretty straightforward. Um, hit us up on Twitter. Let us know what no, you think. Not. There, there, they there it is. They're all right there. Uh, and then also, Jeff, do you want to do the the YouTube shtick? <laughs> oh, uh, I mean, we haven't done this in a couple of weeks, but uh, we do greatly appreciate your um, your comments, uh, the polite ones, most of them, or the constructive criticism. <laughs> Uh, maybe not the marriage proposals that occasionally come up. Yeah, there. can you be kind, please? Uh, uh, because I, I found out Rebecca's mom reads the comments, so be cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, anyway. yeah, no, no pressure, but be cool, people. You know, yeah, you, you need to, you need to, you need to pass that, pass that bar. Just, just you should know that. Anyway, we do appreciate those comments. We get in there, um, and we love to engage with you there. That's the best place. Obviously, if you're listening to this on audio services, uh, that's great too. Feel free to engage us on Twitter, which we just shared there. Um, and your comments and your reviews there are also greatly appreciated. We'd love to go back through there and review those. But thanks for joining us, no matter what. If you, yeah, especially also, if you made it this far. When we when we didn't do a show, I know I know you. I think you were you were not available, Rebecca. You were out doing something. Jeff and I spun up a um, a Twitter Spaces, you know, the kind of clubhousey thing audio. Oh, we had yeah. a great we had a great time with that. It was a lot of fun. So. You cut it short, Larry. I mean, we we're just <laughs> gaining speed. Yeah. So, well, what I, we just haven't had time. I mean, we've got the show. Yeah. We don't want to. We don't know. Rebecca, if you would join us sometime, we would love to do. Yeah, I'd love this, to. Maybe night one night for like a half hour, an hour or so, and we just take live Q and A and and you know yeah. listen to people. And it's it's great just to meet people because we have people from all over the world, right, Jeff? We had Korea, Australia, a lot Germany. I mean, yeah. it was it was crazy. We had some some streamers that jumped in. Paris Lily jumped in. Oh, like right. you, you, it's like whoa, hey, okay. Yeah, apparently. Very apparently cool. People enjoy it. So we'll, we'll do that. We'll, we'll, yeah, let's do it. So there you go. There's your incentive. Follow us all on Twitter. And when, when we do this, <laughs> we'll tweet that out. So all right, everybody, have a great uh, gaming week and weekend. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye, everybody.